Amen. Well, good morning again and again. Welcome to Liberty Church. We are honored that you're here. Well, today uh, we are going to continue our series entitled Unshakable. So let's just jump right into Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to start in verse 26 and read through verse 29. The Bible says this. It says, When God spoke from Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth. But now He makes another promise that once again I will shake not only the earth but the heavens also. And this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. I want you all to read that with me. So that only unshakable things will remain. And since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Last week we started out by just talking about how that 2020 was a year of shaking. And it looks like 2021 is not far behind it. We have experienced some things already this year that many of us probably never imagined that we would see or experience as Americans. But I want you to understand something. If you look at that next point or first point on your outline, our hope today is really in this. Our hope is in the fact that we serve an unshakable God. Can I get an amen? How about online? Let me get an amen from somebody online. We are serving an unshakable God, right? We are serving an unshakable God, and we talked about that last week. We talked about God is still God, whether we believe in Him or whether we don't believe in Him, whether we honor Him or whether we dishonor Him. God is still God, amen? And we serve an unshakable God that when all the dust settles, He'll still be God. He'll still be standing. He'll still be loving. He'll still be leading, and He'll still be calling us to come unto Himself. But not only do we serve an unshakable God, but we read here in the scriptures that God has given us an unshakable kingdom, and we're going to talk about that today. He's also given us unshakable resources. We're going to talk about what are those things God's entrusted us next week that are unshakable that we can grab hold of and use for the work that He's called us to. And then He's called us to be an unshakable people. And I'm really excited about that last lesson because I think there's something powerful. There's something powerful about when, when you live an unshakable life in a world that is constantly shaking. There's something attractive about that. There's something attractive about you being consistent in a world of inconsistencies. There's something powerful about the fact that you can stand up and continually do the things you've been called to do when everybody else around you is running for cover, so to speak, and all of a sudden your life stands out. And I believe that part of the greatest opportunity we're going to have as, our, as, as believers in this nation is that we're going to have an opportunity to stand up unshakable for the glory of God and the world's going to see something I believe maybe they've never seen before. So let's talk today about what does it mean to be a part of an unshakable kingdom. I want to give you a definition. If you look at that next point on your outline, what is the kingdom of God? So the kingdom is the authority and the power of God to reign and rule. It's God's right and God's might to reign and rule in our lives. The kingdom is literally the king's domain. It is the territory under His control. So today, as we talk about the kingdom of God, we're going to be talking about God's right and God's might to rule. God's authority and God's power to rule and to reign in our lives and ultimately in our world because He is God. Amen? And His dominion is He takes dominion and takes literally control over the hearts and lives of people. And God advances His kingdom as He works within us. So look at that next one. I want you to see something. There are only two kingdoms at work in our world today. There are only two kingdoms at work in our world today, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. Everything that is happening in our world today is under the rule of either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Everything. There's not a democratic kingdom and a republican kingdom. 
There's not a conservative and a liberal kingdom. There's not a black and a white kingdom. There's not a male and a female kingdom. There's not a rich and a poor kingdom. There is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, and everything in this world is being ruled by one of those two kingdoms. Brother Jim, who's our financial elder years ago, told me something. He said, Pastor Keith, he said, I think we, we as Christians, we complicate this thing. He said, I think everything comes down to two choices. He said, either it's right or it's wrong. Either it's God or it's the enemy. Either it's righteousness or it's perversion. Either it's going to build the kingdom of God or it's going to build the kingdom of darkness. He said, literally, I think everything's just down to two choices. And I just have to say, I agree with him. There are only two kingdoms in this world, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of of darkness. Now look at this next point because I, I just want to say something to clarify a little truth. And you've heard me say this before, but I think it's important. God is in control. God is in control, but our world is under the control of the evil one. Sin and death are not the kingdom of God. Amen? 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 says, We know that we are children of God and that the whole world around us is under the control of the evil one. So God is in control. We typically use the word sovereign. We say God is sovereign, and he is, right? God is sovereign. God is ultimately in control of the entire world and the universe because he is the creator of it all. But sometimes when we say that, when we say God is in control, uh, on the back side of that, we tend to therefore blame God for all the pain and all the sickness and all the disease and all the death and all the chaos and all the confusion that is in our world. Because if God is in control, then everything that has happened in our world is under the control of God. Therefore, it must be God's fault for the hurt and the pain that I'm suffering. But what you've got to understand is that God is in control. He is just sovereign. But God gave authority over the earth to Adam, if you remember that. And Adam, through rebellion, gave Satan dominion on the earth. And now the Apostle Paul says all the world lies under the control of the evil one. And the Bible teaches us, if you look in Romans chapter 14, excuse me, you know, Romans 14 verse 7, it says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, sin and death is not the kingdom of God. Anytime you see sin and death, you see chaos, confusion, you see rights and murder and abuse and child abuse and molestation and rape. Anytime you see anything that resembles evil, it is not God. It's not God. It's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so we have to understand that God is, yes, in control, but God gave authority and dominion to the earth, and Adam, through rebellion, gave dominion to the enemy who has now ruled and reigned since Adam's sin on the earth. And when you look at our world and you watch the news, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing the kingdom of darkness. When you see death and confusion, you see riots and chaos, you're seeing the kingdom of darkness. It's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And this is important because if you're not careful, you'll blame God for the choices and decisions of man. The Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And you've got to choose. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl has got to choose this day whom you will serve. But there's only two kingdoms, amen? The kingdom of God and the kingdom of God. 
of darkness. Colossians chapter 1, I skipped this scripture. Let me go back and read it to you, verse 13 and 14. It says, For he, speaking of God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So here's the good news of the gospel. God, through faith in Jesus Christ, rescues us. He delivers us. He transfers us out of the kingdom of darkness. And you know what I love about that idea? I love the idea that God doesn't just bring us out. Let me tell you, the goal of Christianity is not that you stop drinking and stop drugging and stop abusing and stop committing adultery. It's not just that you come out of darkness. The Bible says God not only brings us out of darkness, but he transfers us into the kingdom of God. See, God doesn't want you to just come out of sin. He wants you to come into righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He wants you to come in to a heart that is filled with the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. He wants you to go from hating people to loving people, from despising people to serving people, from rejecting people to accepting people. God wants to transform you, and that's what he does to the kingdom. The kingdom of God comes, and all of a sudden I come out of darkness, out of sin, out of wickedness, out of deception, out of self-centeredness, and I am transformed transferred, delivered, and brought into the kingdom of God where now my heart changes and my life changes and all of a sudden I'm not who I used to be because somebody new lives inside me, amen? And I was dead, but now I'm alive. And I was lost, but now I'm found. And I was blind, but now I can see because the kingdom of God has come, amen? So look at this next point. So the kingdom of God is unshakable. And it's unshakable, first of all, I want you to see this, because the kingdom of God is eternal. Now, we're going to read two, two verses of Scripture uh, that are typically considered Christmas verses. Isaiah chapter 9 is Isaiah's prophecy of the birth of Christ. And Luke chapter 1 is the, is the angelic visitation with Mary as Gabriel declares to Mary that she's about to have the Son of God. And both of these are really what we call Christmas scriptures, but I want you to understand something. I want you to see the power of what is prophesied and declared about Jesus. Isaiah 9, verse 6. It says, For a child is born to us, and a son is given to us. That's Jesus. And the government, I put in parentheses, the kingdom. That's the ruling authority. And the government will be upon his shoulders. The government will rest on his shoulders. Jesus brought the kingdom. Come on. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government, his kingdom, and its peace will never end. Let me tell you one of the greatest attributes of the kingdom of God. It is peace. Do you guys remember when we did our end time study, we talked about the millennial reign, the thousand year reign of Christ, where Christ comes and he reigns with a rod of iron. He rules the earth and he subdues the earth for a thousand years. You know what the Bible says happens during that thousand years when the kingdom of God is ruling on the earth? The Bible says the lion will lay down with the lamb and the child will play on the hole of the cobra and the snake won't bite and the lion won't, and the lion won't eat the lamb. Do you know why? Because the Bible says the glory of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Because where there is the kingdom, there is peace. When the kingdom of God rules in your family, guess what? There's peace. When the kingdom of God rules in a nation, there's peace. When a kingdom of God rules in a community, there's peace. Why? Because one of the greatest attributes of God's kingdom is his government and his peace will never, ever end. That's a pretty awesome thought. 
and he will rule with fairness and justice. Wouldn't that be amazing in America? Fairness and justice. That'd be awesome in the government. That'd be pretty good in your family too. Amen? Fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Look at Luke 1. The angel is speaking. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Y'all say that with me. His kingdom will what? Never end. His kingdom will never end. Why? Because the kingdom of God is unshakable, because the kingdom of God is eternal. It's eternal. Look at this next point. This first part is a quote from our end time study. Somebody told me, Pastor Keith, I love that quote, and I hate that quote all at the same time, and I agree. Things are not falling apart, right? Things are not falling apart. Things are actually falling into place. Things are not falling apart. Things are falling into place. Why? Because, listen to this, because, because His kingdom has come. Things are not falling apart. They're falling into place because Jesus has brought the kingdom of God. He has brought the reign and the rule of God. He took back what was stolen. Do you remember we talk about how that Jesus reconciled us, how that he brought us back into right standing. He reconciled the account of Adam's sin, and he brought me and you into a right standing with God the Father. He has reconciled us. Listen to this. He has brought us back into a place of restoration to the Father. Listen to what Matthew 4 says. It says, and from that time, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in Luke eleven twenty one, 21, Jesus says, but if I'm casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Understand something. Things are not falling apart. They're falling into place because his kingdom has come. Jesus has brought in an eternal kingdom. The rule and reign of God has now returned into the hearts and the lives of men. So that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Today at 3 o'clock, many of you may or may not, today at, may or may not know this, but today at 3 o'clock, a young man, 21 years old, Dalton Raymond, was found dead in his bed Thursday morning. And today at 3, I get to preach his funeral. And I'm so thankful that the kingdom of God is eternal. I'm so thankful that the kingdom of God is eternal. That it's not based on the things around us. It's based on a God who rules and reigns over all. There's an eternal kingdom that's greater than anything we ever imagined. And look at this last part. I want you to see this. God is not fighting for a planet. <laughs> he is fighting for the eternal souls of men. God's not fighting for a planet. Let me tell you something, guys. This planet is one day going to be gone. There's going to be a new heaven, and there's going to be a new earth wherein will dwell righteousness. God's not fighting for a planet. God's not even fighting, quote, for an American nation. God is fighting for the souls of men. Because the kingdom of God is eternal. God is not looking for what he can establish on this earth. Because God knows one day he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth wherein he will reign forever and ever and ever again. The kingdom of God is eternal. Look what Peter said, 2 Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. 
And then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be burned up. The earth and everything on it will be burned up. The earth and everything on it will be burned up. Did you guys hear that? Everything you see other than people is going to be consumed by fire. Everything you see other than people is going to be consumed by fire. And this is important, guys. This is significant. Listen to what else he says. He says, therefore, everything's going to be burned up. And since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live? Knowing that one day everything's going to be burned, what kind of life should you live? He says you should live a holy and a godly life. You should live a life that is set apart for the glory of God. Why? Because everything is ultimately going to be destroyed by fire. And that's a sobering thought because it brings clarity to us. It brings clarity to the point that we should enjoy the things that we have, but we shouldn't be controlled by them. We should enjoy the earth, but not be controlled by it. We should take care of the earth, but not be controlled by it. We should recognize that this house that we're working so hard to pay for is one day going to burn. That car that you can't wait to have is going to burn. Everything is going to be burned by fire except for the people on the planet. And unfortunately, some of them are going to burn forever in a place called hell. But the kingdom of God is eternal we have received a kingdom that will last forever verse 12 looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along for on that day he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames but we are looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth he has promised us a world filled with God's righteousness I want to ask you a question today are you really looking forward to that new heaven and new earth I found out that the older you get, the more you look forward to it. <laughs> but what would happen if we began to really look forward to that new heaven and new earth? What would happen if we began to be loosed from the bondages of this world? And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't enjoy the things we have. We should enjoy them. But we don't need to be controlled by them. What would happen if we began to look forward to that new heaven and that new earth, if we really begin to live with an eternal mindset that recognize that those that have died in Christ haven't suffered loss, they have gained the greatest thing the world could ever imagine. One man said, if we ever saw the wonder and splendor of the glory of God that awaited us in heaven, we would live in depression on earth. Knowing the goodness that is on the other side of this temporal life called eternal life with God in a new heaven and a new earth. Revelations 21. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people, and He will live with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them. Look at verse 4. And He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. What a glorious day. What an amazing day that will be. For all these things are gone forever. It's an eternal kingdom, guys. 
with no sorrow, no pain, no death, for all those things are gone. Imagine, imagine a limitless life. Imagine a world where anything that appears to be evil or sin no longer exists. That's an amazing world. That's the eternal kingdom of God. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I am what I'm saying, what I, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God. And they will be my children. As I was studying this, the Holy Spirit said, Keith, do you realize that man fights to build earthly kingdoms? But God says, I'm building an eternal kingdom. Man fights for their little piece of the puzzle. For control of the White House. For control of the Senate. For control of the nation. For control of the money. For control of people. We just fight for our earthly kingdoms. But God's fighting for an eternal kingdom. And then he said, Keith, do you realize that we fight to maintain our way of life. And let me just be really honest with you. I'm going to fight for our nation. Amen. Because I want my kids and now my grandkids to grow up in the America that I know. How about you? With liberty and justice for all. And I'm going to fight for our nation. I'm going to fight for those things because I want my kids and my grandkids to grow up in that kind of world. But I want you to understand something. We fight to preserve our way of life. God fights to deliver us from this life. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, do you realize that on your best day, your best deeds, your best actions, your best motives still have a hint of corruption in them. Maybe a little jealousy, maybe a little envy, maybe a little pride, maybe a little selfish ambition. He said, on your best day, you're still corrupted by this world. But on that day, you'll be loosed from all that corruption and be fully able to live the life I created you to live because the kingdom of God is eternal look at that next point the kingdom of God is unshakable not just because it's eternal but I want you to see this but the kingdom of God is unshakable because the kingdom of God is internal not just eternal it is internal in Luke 17 verse 20 and 21 Jesus is speaking he says or the Bible says, now when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So look back at that point. The kingdom of God is unshakable because the kingdom of God is internal. God's rule and God's reign doesn't change based on external circumstances. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within you. How does God rule? God rules and God reigns from within. See, we don't live under the law. 
Law is good, right? But you know who law is good for? Unruly people. We now live under the grace of God because God rules from within. When you get born again, you get a new heart. You get a new nature. You get a new desire. Now you actually want to please God and do the right thing. Do you always do it? No. Do you sin and come short of the glory of God? Yes. But there's something in you now that desires to please God that wasn't there before you got born again. It's called the kingdom. God begins to reign. His spirit, his power, his love, his grace begins to reign and begins to rule in your heart. And you are a new creation from the inside out. And it might take you 60 years or 80 years, but it'll probably take you eternity to fully work out what God has put in. (laughs) But the good news is it's in there. And you know who knows it? You do. I have people ask me every now and then, Pastor Keith, how do I really know if I'm born again? It's really simple. If you don't know it, then you're not. Because when you're born again, your heart changes. You change from the inside out. It's not, I'm going to do the right thing and be a better person. No, it's my heart has now been changed by the grace of God. And the Spirit of God has now taken up residence in my life. And I'm not who I used to be. That's good news, guys. So the kingdom of God is eternal, is, is, is unshakable because it's internal. Look at that last part. The kingdom of God is unshakable because you can't buy it, you can't burn it, you can't bury it, and you can't quarantine it. Can I get an amen from somebody? You can't buy the kingdom. You can't stop the church. You know why? Because you can't buy it. People have tried to buy out the church, but you can't buy it out. You can't burn it. You can burn down every building, and the church is still the church. You can't bury it. Why? Because three days later, he gets up. Come on, somebody. And you can't quarantine it. In person, online, we're still the church. Amen? We're the body of Christ, whether we struggle breathing or whether we don't, whether we can fully breathe. We are the body of Christ. You can't quarantine it. You can't stop it. You can't extinguish it. Since the birth of Christianity, the world has tried to stomp out the body of Christ. And the world has failed. Because <laughs> the kingdom of God is internal. And you can't kill it. You can't crucify it. You can't bury it. You can't burn it. You can't quarantine it. It won't stop. Because the church, hear me today, the church is not a building and the church is not even a movement. The church is the kingdom of God. The rule and the reign of God on the earth is in the hearts and lives of people. And it's unshakable and it's unstoppable because it's not temporal, it's eternal, and it's not physical, it's internal. It's supernatural. Amen? Now, all of the disciples, other than John, were martyred. They all died for their faith. And history tells us that John the Apostle was actually boiled in water, boiled in oil. They tried to kill him, but he wouldn't die. So what do you do with a guy that won't die? Well, you exile him on an island called Patmos, a prison island. And on the Isle of Patmos is where John the Apostle received the book of Revelation. They couldn't kill him because God wasn't done with him. 
But they all died. Right now, around the world, people are dying for their faith. There is an underground church right now around, in many places around the world where people are literally dying for their faith. If they were to do what we're doing this morning, they would be killed. I recently read an interview of one of those pastors, and he made this statement. They said, how can we in America pray for you? And this is what he said. Whatever you do, please don't pray for the persecution to stop. Whatever you do, please don't pray for the persecution to stop. He said the persecution is the fuel on the fire. It creates an urgency in our hearts to tell other people about Jesus because we don't know if tomorrow or today may be our last day. Please don't pray for the persecution to stop. And in America, that's all we pray. kingdom of God is internal you really can't stop it listen to what Paul said 2 Corinthians 4 he says for God who said let there be light in the darkness has made this light to shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ and we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay, clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. I want you to hear what he said. Paul says, hey guys, number one, you need to recognize we have great power, but it's not our power, it's God's. We're clay vessels, earthen vessels. Guess what? Your body is just your earth suit. That's all it is. And one day you're going to lay it down, whoo, and you're going to be caught up in a moment in a twinkle of an eye, and you're going to experience life like you've never experienced before. And then look what he says. He says, verse 8, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Though suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach. We continue to preach. We continue to preach. Because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. And we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. And all of this, look what he says, is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. When God's grace reaches more and more people, God will get more and more glory. You want to glorify God, reach people. You want to glorify God, tell people. You want to glorify God, share the gospel, right? The more people that he reaches is the more glory that he gets. See, we've deceived ourselves in that God is glorified because we have awesome church services. Because we had goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Because I got a word from the Lord today and I got a prophetic word and three people prayed over me and it was awesome and I felt really good. But God is glorified when we reach people, when we reach people. 
when we reach people, when we reach people. Because the only thing that's eternal is the people you can see. Look what else he says. And that is why, verse 16, we never give up. Because more people means more glory. More people, more glory. More people, more glory. We're never going to give up. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Our bodies are dying, but our spirits are being renewed every day. Why? Because the kingdom of God is internal. This is an earth suit. We spend a whole lot of time propping it up, primping it up, prudying it up. And I'm in favor of it. We all look good looking good. But at the end of the day, it's going to die. At the end of the day, we're going to shed this thing that we work so hard to take care of. Because the kingdom of God is internal. For our present troubles, verse 17, are small and won't last very long. Now, when Paul says present troubles are small and won't last very long, you need to read that in context of the scriptures. Because Paul was whipped three times with 39 lashes. He was stoned and left for dead. He was naked, he was hungry, and he was shipwrecked in the sea. And Paul says those sufferings and persecutions are small <laughs> and not even worthy to talk about. He says, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Look what he says. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze. We fix our gaze on the things, look what he says, that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Look at this last thought with me today. The kingdom, the kingdom that reigns in you is the kingdom that rules over you. Everybody's being ruled by one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. The kingdom that rules in you is the kingdom that rules over you. When sin reigns, Satan rules. When the Holy Spirit reigns, Jesus rules. Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul clarifies it so clear. He, he, he's going to tell us how we can accurately measure our lives, how we can know without a shadow of a doubt whose kingdom am I in. Am I in the kingdom of God or am I in the kingdom of darkness? Paul's going to lay it out really clear. Listen to what he says, Galatians 5. He says, for when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, when sin rules in your heart and in your life, the results are very clear. Here it is. He's defining this kingdom. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, adultery, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these, let me tell you again as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because what reigns in you rules over you. And if sin reigns, Satan rules. And the truth is, you'll never be happy. Kelly and I talk about this a lot. I look at people in the world and they're never happy. They're never satisfied. And it doesn't matter how much they have or how little they have. They're never satisfied. Because the kingdom of darkness is external. 
It's all temporal pleasure and temporal joy. It's all feed the flesh and, and give in to all these desires that I have. And, and the more I say yes to my flesh and everything that I want, I would just be happy if I could get everything I wanted. No, you'll be more miserable than you ever imagined possible. The world is full of people who got everything they wanted and stuck a gun in their mouth and pulled the trigger. The world is full of people like that. Because temporal things can never satisfy you. Because the kingdom of God is not temporal, it's eternal and it's internal in our hearts. Look what Paul goes on to say in verse 22. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. When the Spirit of God reigns in your heart, that's what it means to be born again. The Spirit of God lives in you. Then Jesus rules over you. And here's the fruit of His kingdom. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there is no law against these things. I want you just to bow your heads with me today. If you're watching online, I want you right there just to bow your heads. I want to ask you today, whose kingdom are you in? What kingdom is ruling and reigning in your life? Now, let me be really clear. I, I want to be, I always try my best just to be as clear and honest as I can. Even as a born-again Christian, there are times we allow sin to reign. We say yes to our flesh instead of saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And the result is death. But here's, here's the thing I want you to see. There, there's a difference there's a difference to saying yes to my flesh and being ruled by my flesh. If I've been born again, then the Spirit of God lives in me. And the Holy Spirit reigns. And I'm still capable of sin. But that's not who I am anymore. That's not the new me. The new me has been changed. And I've been born again. And even though I still sin and come short of the glory of God, that's not my nature anymore. That's not my nature. That's the inconsistencies of my life, not the nature of my heart, because my heart's been changed. And if you're here this morning and your heart's never been changed, then you're still living in the kingdom of darkness. And sin and death rule. And you know it. Because it doesn't matter what you do, what you say, what you get, what you buy, where you go. The one thing you can't escape is you. But today there's hope. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to read Colossians one more time. Colossians 1, verse 13 says, God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. There's hope. You can be born again today. You can ask Jesus to come into your heart and your life and forgive you of your sins. And God bring you out of the kingdom of darkness and he'll transfer you into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you're watching online and you say, Pastor Keith, I want to do that today. I want to be born again. I want to be born into the kingdom of God. I want you just to raise your hand. Every head's bowed, every eye closed. This is just a simple act of faith. This is between you and God. Well, Pastor Keith, if it's between me and God, why do I have to raise my hand? Because faith without works is dead. It requires an action. If you're watching online, you can say, I'm raising my hand. You can click on that little hand signal and say, I'm raising my hand, Pastor Keith. Today, I want to be transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son. If that's you, just raise your hand. 
I want to pray with you right now. We're going to do that. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never truly accepted Christ and you want to do that right now, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. He purchased my freedom and forgave my sins. I confess I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I want to be born again into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Let us know you prayed that prayer. If you prayed it online, let us know. We want to follow up and help you. God bless you today. We love you guys. Have a blessed day, and we will see you soon. Join us Wednesday night, 630 here at our ARAB campus for our night of worship and prayer. You're dismissed today. Have a great day in the Lord.